Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. We are here, and we're going to be looking at uh, um, Philippians chapter 2. Actually, we're down to the uh, section 3 on our outline. So we just go ahead and use that again today, even though we're going to continue on. Um, concerning the children of God, that is, through Christ Jesus. Um, which is uh, important. And remember the whole concept here of looking at Philippians is to notice all the things, the positive as aspects of this congregation, <clears throat> some of the things they were doing, some of the encouragement that uh, the apostle was giving them, some of the correction that he was giving them the, uh, uh, even the exhortation in some points. Um, all of this uh, is, is necessary to understand. So we've been looking at the second chapter, and we're going to be starting about verse 12. We've just completed the the section of the nature of Christ. And the nature of Christ is extremely important for not only the church to understand, but for us to be able to explain to other people. Um, because he is our Savior, and we should know about him and continue with him. And where the writer leaves off here, he begins again <clears throat> with the phrase, so that. In other words, because of these things. All right, 12 through 16. So that, my beloved, even as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much rather in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both the willing and the working according to his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and reasoning that you may be harmless and simple. Uh, irreproachable children of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear. In verse 16, 
as lights in the world. In other words, let's back up a minute here. Children of God living in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life so as to be a boast for me in Christ's day that I have not run in vain nor labored in vain. I think that's just kind of what Nathan was saying about the idea of boasting in Christ. We certainly can. Unfortunately, the boasting always becomes a whole lot more personal. <clears throat> I don't know why that is, but it kind of uh, fades uh, uh, in comparison, I think, if you follow my drift there. To be irreproachable children of God. That's what each Christian should be. And now uh, that's the same kind of word that is used in the uh, one of the qualifications uh, or qualities, if you will, of the eldership. The the irreproachable. In other words, there is a charge may be a, may have been leveled, but it was never sustained. Uh, that's as far as it could go. But an irreproachable child of God is one that has nothing that even the gainsayer or someone who is trying to work against the work of the Lord has a way of of using you to do it. But to be an irreproachable child, we must know these things. All things in the kingdom are set at the pleasure of Father God. You know, we we live in a world that has a lot of trouble with phrases like that uh, because that sounds, uh, you know, if we said that about ourselves, then what? We would be, we'd be an ogre, you know. <laughs> and some people live just like that. That's a, that's of course true. So we got good illustration as to how that's a bad character for a person. But the thing that we we always have to try to help people around is when God says, I'm a jealous God, when he says, put no other gods before me, um, uh, when all of these these phrases, just as we've been read here, um, um, now what's the phrase I'm trying to say? Work out your own salvation. Oh, God's work and both willing and we all to do with the Christian life. It's God's work that you're doing uh, willingly and working, but all of it, all of it is not your idea. It wasn't you that crafted it out. It is to the pleasure of of God himself. And in another place in the scripture, it makes it clear that the... Um, the, the good works of the brethren, uh, God has put that we should do them. So him knowing, of course, the things that um, God knows the end of a thing before the beginning. 
speaking of, in a grand way, speaking of the end of a nation or a kingdom before it even started. And we, we have evidence to that in the Bible, of course. Quite a bit of evidence uh, in just that. Uh, it, I think of the study we did in Daniel. <clears throat> That's a perfect illustration of an entire kingdom uh, having an a, a, a end talked about before the, even the beginning was, was mentioned, <clears throat> but certainly giving it boundaries. And that was, uh, and all that before they even existed. So in Daniel, the only kingdom that existed in, in Daniel right up till the very last time, the last couple of chapters, was the kingdom of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. But there's three other kingdoms that's mentioned in that book that did not exist. They didn't even have a name. But they're there. And they're actually given uh, a name in a, in, a, in a sense. So all things in the kingdom are set at the pleasure of the Father. And that we need to be um, <clears throat> aware of and promoting. Do all things without murmuring. And I use the word questioning. But I, I like... Um, uh, what uh, Darby uses the word reasonings, and I think uh, so does Young's. Uh, in other words, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but it's very easy for us to be reading the Bible and try to come up with a reason of our own why this is uh, this should be done, or maybe how this isn't going to work now. That's reasoning, you see. We're reasoning the things of God when they don't need to be reasoned by us. If they're for us, they don't need to be modified. And certainly, the idea of murmuring. <clears throat> oh, I've never heard any Christian be unhappy, of course. Um, because I don't want to call it murmuring. Because I remember what happened to a whole group of people that did some murmuring out in the desert, and they just became part of the sand. Um, God doesn't, he doesn't deal well with murmuring. It's a, it's a high insult, um, and it goes even beyond that. That's just my word. So we're to do these things without murmuring or questioning or reasoning. In other words, trying to find out what it is that why this needs to be as as it said as it set <clears throat> you know i i guess being baptized falls into the category of reasoning because you try to express to somebody how being immersed in water could possibly have anything to do with their salvation or anything else in this world. There isn't, there's no illustrations here in the world, but in the scripture, it's commanded. That's all. It doesn't need to be explored any further than that. And we know exactly what the word means. You know, we've come up with all sorts of ways of being baptized. You know, poured, um, 
uh, sprinkled. Uh, I know there's a church in St. Louis that I'll never forget that uses rose petals over the top of their head. That's a baptism. So, and I'm sure there's many more ways that people are are baptized, but not they're not baptized that way, and it's not Christian baptism. And a lot of people have went under the water, but that's not baptism. That is being immersed, though. But we're allowing ourselves to be immersed by another because the Scripture requires it of us that we contact the blood of Christ. Now, this is the reason for it, but it's not a reason that we figured out. It's a reason that the Scripture gives. That's where we are born from above, according to God's will. The other one here is harmless and simple. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I love to be harmless and simple. Because I just think that's a place to live if you can. Harmless and simple. But it's not as easy as you might think, as you know. Um, I, I guess this is, uh, this is one of the things that people try to get away. Uh, I think this was the concept of the religious order of the uh, Roman Church and, and others that they took a group of uh, fellas uh, in a robe and they went and built a an encampment on the top of a mountain where they could live simple and harmless. But they also weren't doing anything for anybody except themselves. They were setting themselves apart. So they weren't doing the work that they were called or would have been called to do. I don't think they were called to do it or they they wouldn't have come up with that. But that's the only way that they could figure to be harmless and simple was to take themselves out of the world. I don't find that we have those instructions in the Scripture. We need to be in the world to be a part of transforming the world bringing the good news of God to the world, how can we be a part um, and not be a part of it if we're going to be working within it? But we're still called to be harmless and simple. And I love this phrase, you will, you will appear as lights to the world. Um, what's the word for lights that we use here? Uh, uh, the little glowing... Luminaries, luminaries, something seen, manifested. That's the old English word. This, the the Christian is to be, is, is to be a luminary in the world that he lives in, and and not just him standing there pointing a finger at everybody else, but it's supposed to be him. We find the. Uh, the passage here. Holding forth the word of life. What is the word of life? Is it not the message of Christ? The word of life. And it doesn't say the life here. 
but when the word of life, as far as the scripture goes, as far as the Christ and the assembly goes, is the life, that is life without end. That's the word of life. The word is God's word. It's always been God's word. You know, we've had the word printed, if you will, or written, since about, started writing about 1499 B.C. We've had the writings, the oracles of God, if you will, through all of this time, quite a long time, 3,500 some odd years. That's a long time. And we still have it. I think it's wonderful. And we need to hold it up. Um, There used to be a phrase uh, um, that they would teach preachers about preaching and teaching um, that had the same thought about holding up the Word of God. Um, that, That men can preach it. That men can teach it. And, and, let, and let others come too. Now all of this, all of these attributes that make us irreproachable children of God are, are done in, in a way that we are going to bring glory upon the Father and His Son. And it's all to be seen in this world. See, that's my problem with going to the mountaintop in the monastery. Who's going to see you up there? You know, all these monasteries, and they have another peculiarity about them. They all got telescopes up there where they look out and see other people. I know there's one monastery in uh, um, close to Mount Ararat that had a telescope that supposedly looked over at where the ark was for many, many, many years. That's what I've heard. Uh, unfortunately, that monastery was shook down with an earthquake. Um, there's just nothing but some rubble there uh, now. But that was the that was recorded. That uh, it was part of the thing. They climb the stairs and look out there, and they see the ark. And of course, what's the ark say? The ark says, "God, God's word is true." It all happened. It really happened. Of course, if that's what you have to have, as Alex was telling us in his meditation, then you are—you uh, have a problem with faith too. Um, I believe the ark, the um, the ark, whatever it is, and it probably is um, petrified wood by now, or broken up and washed away. You know, water and and snow and ice and and the rumblings and the falling down the hills and things of that sort, it's hard to say there's anything left of it whatsoever. Nonetheless, the account is there for us. I'm going to read the last verses, and then we'll be uh, completed here in our... um, in chapter 2, we can speak about it. So just lessons uh, from 17 through 30. Listen to the words because they all fit together in this idea of Paul's concern 
for the brethren in Philippi. He had a real concern for them, a love for them, for their well-being, for the things that they were doing, um, for evangelism and for each other, for the Lord. So listen to what he says. But if also I am poured out as a libation on the sacrifice and ministration of your faith, I rejoice and rejoice in common with you all. In like manner do you also rejoice and rejoice with me. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be refreshed knowing how you get on. For I have no one like-minded who will care with genuine feelings how you get on. For all seek their own things, not the things of Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that as a child, a father, he has served with me in the work of the glad tidings. Him, therefore, I hope to send immediately, as soon as I shall see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself also shall soon come. Now remember, Paul was in prison in Rome during the writing of this letter. But I have thought it necessary to send to you um, Epro. Ditus, my brother and fellow workman and fellow soldier, but your messenger and minister to my need. Since he has a longing desire after you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick, for he was also sick and close to death, but God had mercy on him, and not indeed on him alone, but also on me that I might not have sorrow upon sorrow. I have sent him, therefore, the more diligently than seeing him you might again rejoice, and that I might be with less sorrowful, that I might be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all joy, and hold such an honor, because for the sake of the work he drew near even to death, venturing his life that he might fill up what was lacking in your ministration towards me. That last little phrase is a stinging, a bit of a stinging rebuttal, actually. Um, But um, Paul uses that phraseology a number of times through his letters to remind people that they need to be supporting the apostolic ministry. Each Christian should be willing to give the ultimate gift for the brethren. I guess that's kind of what is being said here. Paul's making it clear that he is going to be poured out as a libation or a drink offering He is going to be martyred. If not in Rome, then it'll be at some later date. 
It did, it did come to pass. But if he's willing to do that for the brethren, then he expects all the brethren to do that for each other. Willing to give the ultimate gift for the brethren, which is the expression, I guess, of, of uh, uh, the love that is one of the Greek words for love, where it's uh, philanthropic, where you're willing to die for another. That's what he's speaking of here. Uh, it may even touch on the agape love that Christians are called to do. But, you know, agape love, as we spoke in our Bible class this morning, the, the agape love was not a known situation in the world before Jesus. But Jesus coming, his, his offering, his death on the all of this proved what agape love truly is and should be understood to be. But Paul says he has hope in the Lord. And he wants them to have the same hope in the Lord. To grant the workers for Christ to be able and to be useful. Now, also I think in this scripture, in this passage here, you're going to notice something. When Paul sends people through different groups, he always tells them about who it is, their attributes, their work that they're sent there to do, and that they are to be treated well. That's very important um, for, for, uh, for them to not violate that. So the apostle here is making clear that the men sent to do the work of Christ for um, Paul, who was in prison, must be respected and aided in their task. Any aid that they need taken care of, when they leave, they're to, be, they're to leave and be sent out with enough provisions to take them to where they're going. That's a responsibility of the group. Now, that's something we probably need to think about in the, in the church today. But many, many groups do just that. They take care of people just that way, and they should. To their, That's a tribute to them. <clears throat> so... Um, also, just in passing, um, you know, in, uh, I believe, uh, I forget where it's at, um, uh, one of the last letters that uh, Paul writes, um, he says that everyone has abandoned me from Asia Minor, except we know that Timothy never did. And uh, I, I think uh, Timothy here is, um, he's, Paul says of Timothy, for I have no one like-minded who will care with the genuine feelings how that you get on. So uh, to me, that's a wonderful recommend that he has for the evangelist Timothy that he's going to do the, the, what he needs to do, that he will go with Paul's message to where he goes, that he will preach the gospel as the apostles have delivered it, once for all, 
That will be his task, and he'll care for the people there. That's what's being said. But not everyone had those qualities. He makes it clear. There, there, are, some that, <clears throat> there are some that seem to care more about themselves. I don't know what, we could go on and on with these, these things, but I just think we see the attitude here. We see the attitude of Paul in all that he's doing. In a way of trying to, to help the um, congregation in Philippi um, get along, survive. Remember, these people were were already being um, inflicted with a lot of uh, severe treatment. And it was only going to get worse from this point on. <clears throat> it was going to get much worse. But as we go into chapters, chapters 3 and 4 of Philippians, I love them because of all of the different things that are in there that are, to me, with that, within those chapters, we, we find the kind of who we should be. Um, uh, if we're going to be like anything, be like the writings that the apostle gives there. Um, rejoice in the Lord always is one of the phrases. And it goes on and on. Um, and also to examine, examine things. And, and uh, you know, it's it's not easy being a Christian. Not easy. The the competition for your mind, for your time, for your devotion, for nearly everything that you do, you you are you have competition from every angle. And even though that's true. We are supposed to be 100% uh, 100% for the Lord and his work. So we have to learn, as, as we can, to work all of this together. And that's why we, if we work for a, a nasty boss, we're to, we're to do the very best we can for him, because that shows him who the Lord really is. There's always a way. <clears throat> and that's why we, we want to do the things that are, uh, that are written in the uh, scriptures by the apostles um, as to how to live. I forget what, <laughs> what group it was that I was reading about. Oh, the... Uh, I was reading a whole section on the Unitarians. And you know, even though you know, they, got, they got some things very well, but when they talk about how to, um, the, the scriptures, they never once mention the teaching of Christianity. That's, a, that's strange. Even though they're, they're, they're Christians, according to themselves, uh, and they believe in Jesus, but as far as the, the message um, by the apostles, it's like it's not there. It's not in their, their doctrinal writing that you're supposed to know them.
by it. I was shocked by it because most people will include it, you know. <clears throat> and that's unfortunate. But unfortunately, that's, that's the world we live in. But we can do better. All right. Those would be my comments today. Uh, hope you have a, a, a time to consider these things as we go on. As I said, you can always read ahead, uh, and you'll be blessed if you do. Okay, and Alex will give us our closing song today, Song of Invitation and Consideration. More. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.